Off top. I don't know. Football's really fun. Play the music. <laughs> this is the Dominique Foxworth Show. <laughs> Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show. I'm joined for the last Sunday of the Sunday show. I guess it's a Monday show when you're hearing it of the season by the normal guy, Vanilla Snack. And of course, the football savant, Bill. Barnwell. What's up, fellas? That was fun, right? We uh, liked it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was some good football. <laughs> it was really fun. It actually wasn't all that good, but it was really fun. It was Come intense. On. What? It was fun. It was the oh, first. Yeah, it was fun. The, the er- early part of the game, when right. it was just coming down to uh, Niners fumbles and Chiefs fumbles, that part wasn't that fun. Yeah. Because yeah. it felt like there was no point. But then after that, once, once these teams actually started playing better, it felt like we got some fun stuff happening. I didn't un- quite understand why. Like, it seemed like they were killing them with that, like, weird pistol inverted wishbone early in the game. They never came back to it. But we'll we'll wait to get into the minutia later. Mm-hmm. First, we had a great time in Vegas. We'll get to the Gallivant recap, I think, later in the week. Let's talk about this Super Bowl and how Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are the newest dynasty. It's official now, right? Three titles in five years makes it official, even if people wanted to pretend like it wasn't a thing. That's the fifth, fourth, fifth time that's happened ever. I mean, I, I don't I, like like none of the other teams who have pulled this off. We would ever consider saying they're not a dynasty. To me, I, I feel like if we are saying it's not going to be the case, people are going to come back, watch this episode in twenty years, and say. All you dudes were stupid. This is a dynasty. I have, before we get into our questions, I have a, a guess that you might end up with two football hipsters that are that are going to give Patrick Mahomes his just due. But I want to talk about all the other amazing things that happened, mostly on the defense. Like, it was a great mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. for cornerbacks and secondary play and Chris Jones and special mm-hmm. teams blocking field goals and getting muffs. But I think that I would like – so, like, on Get Up tomorrow morning, I'm definitely going to be the odd man out yelling about all this stuff while Dan Orlovsky tells us about how great Patrick Mahomes is, and no one's going to care. But on this podcast, I know that you also – recognize that those plays were as important as anything that um, Patrick Mahomes did tonight. So I guess, Charlie, we need you yeah, to let's be start, yourself. Let's start broad. We're going to get I, – <laughs> I mean, like, look, the Chiefs defense was obviously a huge story in this game, particularly the way they were able to execute in the red zone towards the end of the game. But I want to put your guys' minds in the, in the spot of another – if you're another player on another team and you're coming out of this game, the Chiefs had a really rough patch this season. Then it comes down the stretch, and Patrick Mahomes feels inevitable. The Chiefs win 25-22. It feels like Patrick Mahomes can drive down the field at will with his ragtag bunch of receivers that we criticized the entire season, that the defense of the Chiefs is going to make every important goal line stand. And the Patrick Mahomes has won his third Super Bowl. If you're the rest of the NFL, and you just saw Mahomes win this game, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that next year's my year. Like, I, I don't understand. I, I recognize that MBS somehow caught a five-yard pass and made it a four-yard loss, uh, <laughs> and, and they still managed to win. And I recognize that having this situation where last year we thought they were, like, kind of in a retooling phase, not a championship contender they wanted. This year we thought they were even worse, and they still won it. I recognize now that I'm no longer an athlete, inside my cocoon of ego that 
I've been in reality long enough to know that that's a scary proposition, but no player in the league, no team on a competitor in the league thinks that it is impossible. And I think we can see, we see that it's possible. It's not like they took this ragtag punch punt or this ragtag group and just ran through a bunch of uh, teams. Like they were, each of these games were competitive and you watch these games and you think, damn, if only we had a, it's not like they seem unbeatable. If only we had a Josh Allen or a Lamar Jackson or a Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. I love this argument because all year I try to play the most like nuanced, subtle, specific guy I can be. This is the broadest, (laughs) most obvious question you can give me here in the Super Bowl recap. Who are the guys who have beaten Patrick Mahomes in the postseason? Give me the full list. I mean, you're talking quarterbacks, Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady. Brady and Joe Burrow. Don't, Tom Joe, Brady right, twice, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow once. What, what this tells me is that the Niners, as good as they were in this game, and frankly, I think Brock Purdy was pretty good in this game, all yeah, things considered. Yeah. I'm not criticizing Brock Purdy, but what it tells me is that you have to bring a dude Like, at the end of the day, even though, yes, he beat Josh Allen, even though, yes, he beat Lamar Jackson, even though, yes, he beat Tua Tango Vailoa. Sorry, I'm just going to give you that one Dolphins fan. That's just a nice little bonus for me here at the end of the year. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Uh, Good job, Dolphins. (laughs) You can. Like, like, did as you were watching the end of that game, as someone who had the Chiefs, I felt so good, Mm -hmm. so good inside. (laughs) That I I had Patrick Mahomes and I didn't have Brock Purdy. And I think if you were a Niners fan, as much as you've defended Brock Purdy, as much as you've seen the numbers, as much as you believed or tried to believe in your heart that he is that dude, there's only a few people like that on the planet. And if you don't have one, I think you have to be sitting here right now saying basically everything has to be perfect for us to win with that guy on the opposite side of the field. And even then you need a Burrow. Even then you need a Brady. Even then you need a dude to be Patrick Mahomes. And that's what I was, that Bill, that's a great point. Took it out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because it feels like Burrow is sort of like the only, because he went through Allen who gave him his best punch. He sort of humiliated, I mean the Chiefs sort of humiliated Lamar in the second half of that game in the way that he mm-hmm. played against them. Like, you're looking at the landscape right now I, I I know the 49ers have been have been installed as the Super Bowl favorites for next year, but who is that guy? It doesn't seem like there's yeah, anyone I mean, near the mountaintop of Mahomes right now. Of course not. But, I mean, this is an oversimplification. You keep talking about winning the Super Bowl and then narrowing it down to one player when I know maybe Charlie doesn't know this, but I know Bill knows that there <laughs> wow. are there's more like to it. the game like than it. just a quarterback. It will be more difficult for – I could understand you making this argument if we watched Patrick Mahomes put up 45 points three weeks in a row with a bunch of bums. Like, this was not – this was a lot like Tom Brady. Well, no, that's not – Exactly. Tom Brady's exactly. last Super Bowl Great run. Point. Great point. No, I, Ten I, Super Bowl appearances. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a bad point because he played much better than Tom Brady did on that run, but it's still – Who beat Mahomes. Uh, he did. Uh, uh, <laughs> who beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Go ahead, Bill. Here, here's the thing. It's not a it's not a one on one game. You're right, and yep. it's not that yeah. Brock Purdy played terrible in this game, but for the Buccaneers to beat the Chiefs in that game, they had to get out to a big lead. Once they got out to a big right. lead, the Chiefs couldn't come back. They didn't have the protection for Patrick Mahomes. He did not have enough around him. 
And with Brock Purdy, it's not like Brock Purdy, you know, got massively outplayed in this game. It's not like he was terrible. But I think everybody said the same thing at halftime of this game, which is the Niners should be winning by like three touchdowns right Mm -hmm. now. It felt like they dominated that half. And I think that's the problem with having Mahomes on the other side of the field is that if it's even close. So I agree with that, but I'm saying like he's going to pull it out. But I think that is making my point is that the Niners, they beat themselves is what everyone was saying. And what you are saying, if they get out to that big lead that they certainly should have, and there were a bunch of things that happened in this game, that the reason why they lost this game to me was not about Patrick Mahomes. You can point to a blocked field goal. You can point to a blocked punt. You can point to fumbles that Patrick Mahomes did not cause. Like those, I understand. I'm not going to disagree with you. If I'm in the fourth quarter and it's a one-score game and I'm on the other sideline, then I'm like, oh, But at the beginning of the season, after watching this, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, they're unbeatable. I'm thinking if I'm the 49ers or I'm any other team, and even the Ravens, who their quarterback played poorly and they were still competitive in that game. And the Bills, they had mistakes that cost them that game. Like, I'm not any of these teams thinking like, oh, my gosh, this is – they might run the table. It feels like, yes, they should be considered a threat, and we need to put them away because Patrick is better than anybody at the end of the game. You keep saying that. We agree that the Chiefs don't feel like a perfect team right now. They don't feel like they're head and shoulders with everybody else in football. They're one of the youngest teams in football. That's the the scary part. They have a really obvious hole that is abysmal – that you have to figure is going to be better next year than it was this year. Granted, they didn't exactly fix that whole last offseason either, but like this team might be better next year than it was last year. It's kind of like a retooling Chiefs team that just won two Super Bowls. I'm glad that we're not an argument show, so I can come up off of my point if I feel that I'm wrong. I don't necessarily feel that I'm wrong, but I agree that the fact that they won back-to-back Super Bowls on the weakest team that they've had since they've been out there, that's a lot scarier than watching the way that this season ended. The scary part is they're likely to get better before they have to even pay the guys on the, or all the guys on the other side. Chris Jones, the only one who's, uh, I think, set up to, and Snead. Yeah, Legarius and Jones are set up to get paid real soon. And on the offensive side of the ball, it's nobody because yep. ain't nobody earned that. They can hit free agency hard. <laughs> and that's that's one of the things, for the record, that's tackles, was, receivers, wide receivers, all of them got to go. And that's what I was trying to get to. It's obvious that the Chiefs aren't going to win the Super Bowl every single year. But this is unique because we've talked about this a little bit on our show. Like, this could be the worst roster they have offensively over the next five seasons with Patrick Mahomes, who somewhat seems like he's still somewhat getting better, as impossible as that is to say. I know his numbers yeah. this year weren't better than they were last year, but he essentially played perfect mistake-free football as an underdog in three consecutive playoff games, which is crazy. Um, I, I want to get back to Mahomes, but I do want to pivot a tiny bit because we're saying it wasn't anyone in particular who lost this game. But I do want to have the Shanahan conversation a tiny oh bit because this is now the third Super Bowl. I know one, he was an offensive coordinator. The third yeah. Super Bowl where a Kyle Shanahan run team has blown a 10 or larger point lead. He took the ball first in overtime. He didn't use any timeouts in overtime. How do you view the Kyle Shanahan experience right now? <sighs> Bill. Well, you you guys you can kick us off here. This, this was it, right? Like when they went for it on that fourth down, mm-hmm. and they got that touchdown a couple plays later. Tears, 
came to my eye, guys. I was like, he's finally realized it. He's finally realized everybody else is scared that he's going to start figuring this out and going forward on fourth down. And it got them a touchdown in a close game in the Super Bowl. And then it didn't matter. It, 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 it got them to overtime, which, hey, great, but did not win them the game in the long run. I, I have been very critical of Kyle Shanahan each of the last two Super Bowl losses. I think we could find little things here and there. You know, you mentioned the timeout usage. They were not aggressive in stopping the clock at the end of the first half. They, you know, I think I want to go back and look at the tape. They could have maybe run the ball a little bit more, but it was, I think, kind of like the Ravens from a couple weeks ago where you look at what they actually did on on paper and it looks worse on paper than it does on the film because there really weren't a lot of opportunities to run and the Chiefs were getting pretty aggressive about selling out to stop the run. To me, this was, of all three of those losses, the least about Kyle Shanahan. I, I I think you can point a finger in a few other places. I don't think this was the kind of game where we can pin it on one player or one person. And I know that's going to be the easiest thing to do. I know we're all going to look for that scapegoat. I don't think that game, this game lent itself to that kind of analysis. I certainly agree with you. And I think while it's hard to have the – it's funny that you have these two questions next to each other because it's hard to have – you standing in the position of saying you got to have one of those dudes and Purdy isn't one of those dudes. And then also standing up and say, man, Kyle Shanahan sure be out here choking. But I think that Kyle Shanahan's issues have been pronounced in previous games. It's hard to point to a problem with what he did here. He did all the things that we say that he's afraid to do. Like you mentioned, go for the fourth down. He threw that double screen. He did like aggressive things that I didn't love the double screen, but it worked. It got a touchdown. He did aggressive things throughout this game. Uh, why, to, why didn't you love the double screen? Um, well, I guess not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you you hate I, your plays? You, I don't you, hate you, you're You're Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate. I don't hate trick plays. <laughs> I don't hate trick plays. I just, I don't know. When you're running the ball and you're having success, it does make me nervous. But it was a good call. It's one of their few touchdowns. The other one was Jawan Jennings in that game. So yeah, it worked. It's Kyle Shanahan uh, being unShanahaney, which is very nice. I will say in the second half, I went back because I remember I got a text actually saying they need to run the ball. And it wasn't their fault for a lot of that. It's like the first one, they got behind the chains because of penalty, uh, I think. And then the second one was a loss of yards, got them behind the chains. They get behind the chains, which kind of dovetails with another thing that I've always said about these 49ers offenses, specifically under Shanahan, is their first down offenses, first and second down. They just like, for whatever reason, they don't want to get to third down. He does not have uh, plays for it. Maybe it's also about not having a quarterback for it. But when they throw an incomplete pass on first down, you can almost guarantee that this drive is over unless they get bailed out by a holding call on McDuffie or if they have a short gain on first down through the run and you know they have to throw it the next time, it feels over. So that's what it boils down to me to to me for them and this offense, and that's why I feel like I can't really blame Shanahan. That's the one thing where I would say maybe do more, but it's a give and take. Like, get better at third down, but there's only so much time in the week, only so much time in practice. That inevitably means you're going to get worse on first and second down. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is the type of thing where if you're the genius play caller and you have six all pros and a quarterback is playing pretty well, like, that's sort of where you actually make your bones, finding ways to get those guys open. On the other side, we saw the Chiefs completely figure out how to protect Mahomes after the first quarter and a half, where they initially couldn't 
protect him when when the 49ers See, are rushing for. And like that's yeah. that's a coaching difference. Obviously, it's a quarterback yeah, difference I, too. So I would push back a little bit. They did some things to help uh, chip the ends, but I'm not sure that they figured out how to protect as much as Mahomes ran enough times that mm. it caused the defensive ends to like be more Stay conservative home. in their in their rush lanes. And yeah, I think that's more it than anything. So I guess that goes back to. You need a guy. I mean, Purdy tried to run, but they had spies walking him down. It, it was, yeah. And I guess then it goes back to get your number one guys open, your top guys open, which McDuffie and Sneed made Debo and Ayuk essentially disappear in this game. Mm-hmm. And Juwan Jennings was the only one making plays uh, on the outside. So what do you want to take credit for the Juwan Jennings call? Nobody. Keep it moving. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> Nobody needs credit for that. The Nobody people know. credit for it. Juwan Jennings discussion. Um, I mean, this was a game where it felt like the Niners were not able to leverage their strengths, right? Like, you know, it felt like if you're the, you want to attack the Chiefs, you want to attack their linebackers. You want to attack, you know, their safeties and coverage. And we saw a little bit of that. Kyle was able to scheme up some stuff for Ayuk against Mike Edwards. We saw some stuff where they were able to attack Jalen Watson. But it felt like the big moments of this game were the Niners trying to hit their wide receivers against the two best players in the Chiefs secondary and the Chiefs secondary more often than not made those plays. McDuffie in zero coverage on that deep post is just incredible play. And those are the things that we're going to forget and focus on how Patrick Mahomes led a game winning drive, which he deserves credit for. But we're not going to focus on those big time plays by him and everybody else on that deep. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Do you want to launch your, because before we were on air, me, we were talking about the play where in overtime, Chris Jones ran through the line and blew up Brock Purdy, potentially throwing the ball to Brandon Ayuk, which would have been the touchdown. Bill, do you want to launch mm-hmm. your take? Okay. I mean, Chris Jones in this game. Say You're not saying it with your chest. Say it with your chest. You're not saying it with your chest. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know what? I, I got it. I got it. Go ahead. <clears throat> Chris Jones is the real MVP of this game mm-hmm. because he is the reason why 
they did not score a touchdown there at the end, and the Chiefs won. Yeah, my chest got really the other touchdown, he blew up the other play, too. Uh, yeah, he did. It sounds, it feels like this is Charlie's take now. Charlie, what? you own the yeah, take. Charlie, trying to help it is. You, yeah, you, you own the take. It's your all right, take. Say right, it with whatever. your chest. Let's just Say get, it with your chest. Let's, let's get to the thing that everyone wants to talk about. Should we do it? Should we talk about the Brady Mahomes conversation? Are you ready to talk <sighs> Brady Mahomes? Oh, gosh. No? Can't well, wait. Let's do it. Let's Can't do it. Can't wait. Bart Scott voice. All right. Uh, over under Super Bowl for Mahomes for his Super Bowls for Mahomes for his career. Because it's looking like six and a half is on the table. He's 28 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This team, again, I believe one of the, I think they're sixth youngest in all of football, second youngest defense in all of football. Obvious holes that theoretically could be fixed by getting guys who can catch the football at wide receiver. I, I think I would say five and a half. Hmm. I would I would think I would lean towards six as opposed to seven. But I mean he might still have twelve, thirteen, fourteen thirteen more shots at winning a Super Bowl. And he's been stopped from getting there twice. So we're gonna we're gonna assume at what Brady played till forty five. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll assume that Mahomes can play till forty. Is that what you're saying? You said twelve I mean, years, so you're different saying four. kinds of players. To be right. fair, so I let's say ten years to be safe. Sure. Ten years, we got ten more Mahomes seasons, um, and he has three Super Bowls. So in Ooh. ten years, could he win four more? Four more? Oh, Good. Yeah, that seems so high. I'm gonna go under the six and a half. If six and a half is the lot, I'm definitely going under. And I hate myself for doing it, but I feel like I gotta go under. I want to go over. Like I, I'm someone who, and maybe you could call me a bandwagon guy, but like I like to see cool. <laughs> I'd rather Mahomes do it than not. Like I didn't understand um, why people were like, "Oh, getting sick of this Mahomes thing." Like, nah, it's kind of dope. <laughs> I understand Who's it's annoying. I guess no, uh, maybe maybe I'm creating a straw man, but I feel no, like th- they started to turn to the Patriots and the way that people kind of hated the Patriots. And you remember the Patriots were the underdogs that ran mm-hmm. out of the tunnel together, and everyone loved mm-hmm. them. It didn't take long for the people to to flip on them and start to hate the way that they dominated. And honestly, I thought it was kind of cool, except for when I was playing against them. <laughs> well, I'm undefeated against Tom Brady in the playoffs. You need a down. spike eight scandal for the chiefs we need to like 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 taylor swift was watching practice earlier this week and people (laughs) thought she was in tokyo the whole time that's what we need to make the chiefs into full heels good script i I mean people try right like people do the whole oh they get all the calls even though like every single major call in this game went the niners way you know they got the oh it's too much taylor swift travis kelsey's we don't like him like people will find reasons to dislike the chiefs because they're always on but like this is an incredible story. This yeah, is a guy who basically, you know, has been transcendent from the moment he stepped on the field to to a greater extent than anybody I can remember besides Brady seems to bend the will of yeah. games late to go in his favor. Like this is Andy he gets really, the attention, he gets the plaudits because he's man. incredible. He made Andy Reid, a guy who people <laughs> joked about as being unable to win in the postseason for decades into a three time winning Super Bowl coach. Um, Andy Reid really made a mistake by sitting Patrick Mahomes that first year. He have a whole nother when they Super lost Bowl to Tennessee right when Marcus Mariota beat them in the wild card round. Have a whole nother Super Bowl right now if Andy wasn't so stubborn. I mean, they could have five right now. Fire Andy. They could yeah. have five Super Bowls if it wasn't for D Ford stepping off sides and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> randomly forgetting how to play quarterback in the second half against the Bengals. Distinctly <laughs> possible. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, the there's a lot of, I mean, Travis Kelsey chest bumped his coach almost to the ground. That was weird. I was, yeah, he was hyped up, man. I guess I don't know what it does. Uh, I've never been in a Super Bowl, so I'm not gonna pretend like I know how Travis Kelsey felt. But that was weird. There's a lot of like random injuries and weird happening it's charlie's cousin ran on the field with no shirt on did you see that mm. it's definitely a kravitz mm. you know what sometimes dominique the vegas gallivant goes too far <laughs> some people just can't handle vegas and you end up you end up shirtless uh, on the field really? trying uh, to high five looked like mike ryan looked a lot or like you, mike ryan or you end up sick and congested because vegas whooped your Vegas, Vegas got me a little too much. I tried. I stayed out. I tried to run with the big dogs. I learned my lesson. Stay back in the pack. Stay back in the pack with your calculator. Don't try. Uh, you did a good job, Bill. It was fun. We had a great time. Do we feel like this was Chris Jones's last game in a Chiefs uniform? Because he is a free agent. They did not give him the contract he was looking for before the year. But I also don't know how you watch that game and not do whatever it takes to bring Chris Jones back. I, I don't understand how you do that. I don't know what their cap situation is like. I you find that. a way. Yeah. That get, get, when you, get MVS out of there. <laughs> Save money elsewhere. Yeah. When you have a player like that, that seems to be, and it's not just this game. It's every game. It feels like every big game, he's making a pivotal play. And as good as the secondary was, they weren't good on that play. It was They had a double team, essentially, and the corner took away the inside. The safety came down and also took away the inside on that play where Chris Jones uh, rushed Purdy right before the end of the game and forced a field goal. Like, that happens throughout the course of the game where we don't even see the going on in the back end because Chris Jones took care of it. So if I'm a, a DB on that team – or Spags on that team. Like, we get to see those cool Spags blitzes. You know why? Because Chris Jones is out there making problems for everybody else. And we can celebrate Spags. And if anybody appreciates a pass rush um, carrying him to great heights, it has to be Spagnola. Uh, I the thought you were going to say you. Yeah, I thought oh, yeah, that yeah. too. I you were say uh, as a cornerback. As a cornerback, I appreciate a pass rush carrying people to great heights, but I wouldn't argue that I had great heights. But Spagnola's got a couple Super Bowl rings over – uh, Tom Brady that he mm -hmm. owes in part to in large part to having a dominant uh, pass rush. So find way to pay all of them. You need to find a way to pay one of him. Chris Jones is pivotal. Also, can people learn how to deal with motion? Because this is a second <laughs> Super Bowl in a row. Can can y'all figure it out? Like it ain't that hard. You can seesaw it with the middle safety. You mm -hmm. can uh you can check to a zone. Like there's lots of there's lots of ways to solve this. For those who don't know, it looked exactly like the Eagles play last year. It was the same motion. motion yes. after the game, it was the same. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, what's yeah, the, the terrible name for it? Corn dog. Corn, yeah, dog. corn dog. Corn dog. Like man, everybody this summer, spend some time working on how to deal with the corn dog because it's like it's it's in and return motion and in man coverage. You get the momentum of the player going, the coverage guy going inside, and then pivot back out. And it's very hard to cover. I understand. But if you know that it's something that they like to do in the red zone, you should be Do ready Dominique, for it. you've ever done karaoke? Yes. 
Oh, no, 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 no. I thought you were talking about like the drill karaoke. You mean like actually singing? Hell no. No, like Never? singing in a bar or what is the drill karaoke? I, I, that's uh, the, a, a side uh, part. You get a little. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like a little foot thing. It's like, uh, I think in aerobics, they call it a grapevine. Yeah. But in football, you call it karaoke. Those hips open. It's like, yeah, over, left foot over. Yeah, I'll show it to you. I'll send you a video. Or you can Google oh, it. I'm sure other wait. people know. <laughs> I can't wait. Karaoke. Um, if you do karaoke, for like the first couple hours, everyone has the kind of songs they want to hear. And then by like the end of the night, you're maybe a little tired. Maybe you just go back to play the hits. Maybe you do a song you did earlier. That's what the Chiefs did in overtime of this game. They just went back to the that worked either earlier in the game or earlier in the last Super Bowl, and they all worked again. They ran that Mahomes like zone read keeper where they had Kelsey in the flat. They ran that earlier for a big play. They ran it on the fourth and one to extend the game in overtime. They hit mesh for a big play to Kelsey mm. to set up that mm -hmm. that end of regulation uh, situation where they, they, they converted third down, went back to it on third and six in overtime. Then you go back to right. Corndog to win the game. Like, I love that Andy Reid was just like, you know what? I'm out of plays, guys. I got like, <laughs> I, had like I had like, I had like 50 plays. We're out. We can run Wasp again if you want it. If we needed to in the next next drive, I, I I'm good. This is all I have. So I want to pivot off the Chiefs for one one more topic on the 49ers because I, I mentioned this earlier. But they have actually been installed as the favorites in Vegas going into this offseason for to win the Super Bowl next year. I don't know if anyone really believes that they're going to be the prohibitive favorite going into next year after how we saw this season end. But I do want to ask you, where do they go from here? Is this team missing something? Do you think they're going to be as good as they are they were this year, next year? I don't know. I mean, you look at what went right for them this year. They had so many of their key players relatively healthy, right? Like mm -hmm. no, like McCaffrey, Debo, Williams, IU, Kittle, Purdy, obviously, um, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave. I realize I'm naming a lot of key players. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they should be considered the favorites, because I can name like 10 essential dudes who are awesome on that team. But outside of Talanoa Hufanga and outside of Dre Greenlaw, who yeah. incredibly got hurt today, stepping onto it the field. It might not be there next year brutal, for a while. Brutal, terrible time for an injury. Um, like they were relatively healthy. And they're one of the, I think they're the second oldest team in football relative to the Chiefs. So to me, I think next year is, if this year wasn't their best chance, Next year is, because after that, Purdy presumably gets a lot more expensive. I think the way they get better is Purdy gets better. Like, that's it, right? That's the only way they get better. And fortunately, it's the, he's shown that he's way ahead of the curve that you would have for a quarterback uh, at his age and certainly for his draft status. But his draft status doesn't matter anymore. He's a starting quarterback at this point. And fortunately for them, that position has the most impact on any out of any position on the field. So if that player gets a lot better, which is reasonable to assume that going into his third season, coming off of a Super Bowl run, it's reasonable to assume that he would get better. I guess Jalen Hurts might beg to differ coming off of last year's Super Bowl run where he was awesome in the Super Bowl and their team, still very yeah. talented, seemed like they got, a, not seemed like, they got a lot worse. So well, that's the optimistic view for them is, and the tough thing about the 49ers, I think, is unlike the way that uh, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl and then kind of decided to not double down and to take a step back, the 49ers don't really have that option. <laughs> they kind of went all in, and they've been trading away picks to get quarterbacks that don't start and to get uh, additional players, uh, McCaffrey and 
um, and Chase Young, and they really don't have the picks. Even if they hit, well, even if, even if they could hit on these picks, they don't have the picks to hit on. So they, they hit mm-hmm. on a lot of picks late in the draft in order to prolong their window. But next year, they're still well within the window, obviously. Dominique, you, you said Brock Purdy could get better or they could just get a better quarterback, which is why I'm postulating this time next year, we're going to be talking about Mac Jones leading the Niners in the Super Bowl. Is that serious? Why not? Because, come on. <laughs> you know that, you know, they you know, he wants Mac Jones. <laughs> you know, Mac Jones is getting traded. And you, so you think Mac Jones is better and that's, or has the potential I'm not, to be I'm not saying I'm not saying he's better, but I think Kyle Kyle thought he was going to be a top five pick. Kyle, Kyle thought he should have been a top five pick. They took Brock Purdy in the seventh round. What does that tell you? You got to save some of these for for the dog days, man. You got to save some of these hot takes for. I, I we don't got nothing to talk warm. about. You wouldn't say. I want to keep you warm. You would whole dark postseason. Oh. I know you got four months of talking about Kyrie ahead of you. Oh, hold I, on. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep you afloat and warm and toasty. You Until we get to training camp, buddy. you wouldn't talk about Chris Jones having an MVP level performance, but you want to talk about Mac Jones being the quarterback <laughs> for the 49ers next year as as an improvement over Brock Purdy. I think, I think the drugs just kick in. The sickness drugs they just kicked in. Bill is high, guys. High. That's not. I, I've heard that a lot this year. Last time people were telling me I was high, it was on TV when I was saying the Jets were not going to finish in first in the AFC East. So I'd be <sighs> careful. I'm sorry. Be Bill careful. Is, Bill is low, guys. Very low. I'm low. Very low. <laughs> many ways, very low. Um, do we? I, I mean, like, of course, I, I'm. I'm mostly joking. I, I think the Niners will trade for Mac Jones. I don't think he's going to usurp the job from Brock Purdy. But like, if you're the Niners, what do you do? Like, do you just run it back? Do you feel like okay, we have to go all in and make that one, give up more picks and try to get that one guy? Whether it be a guy in the secondary, whether it be another tackle, like like, is there? Are, do you think they feel like we're old and so we have to go all in, or do you just run it back with the guys you have? That's a good question for John Lynch, but I think that my assessment of situation is they aren't in the position they've passed the the um, point of no return. Like this is a long term rebuild if they try to rebuild it. It's not just a reset like which they could have done a few years ago. So, yeah, I think if you think that you're close, which they, they obviously are, and you keep barreling in until you run out and you have to start the clock all over again. I, I don't know. Had they won a Super Bowl this year or, or had they won last year and Purdy stayed healthy, it's a different conversation. But now I think when you get this close, keep going all in. And when they have to pay Purdy, things get real tight. So I got one follow-up on this because, like, this offense has been, like, you know, DVOA shows this team as like one of the best teams ever. I, in the regular I can season. hear the disdain no, in your voice. No, no, no. Oh, no. He's, disgusted. he's disgusted. DVOA. You, well, you uh, might you be disgusted by the, by the comp that I have. First of all, much higher on Brock Purdy than you are. But particularly, <laughs> like, it's not like he dacked in that game. He played well and wow. particularly down the stretch. But this Shit. offense is, is, is so effective in the Ew. regular season. You it's, wonder if that's why he made his cadence, here we go, because people hate on him all the time. And he's like, here we go. Go running past the eighties. Here we go. <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry, Charlie. Go ahead. You look, is, is this you team, look really disappointed? This point better be good. Is this team the Houston Rockets of the NFL? Ooh, you are just starting to transition to basketball early. Mm-hmm. Got those cross sport comp- comparisons <laughs> coming. Mm-hmm. I 
I I don't think they're the Houston Rockets of of the NFL because the Houston Rockets, to my knowledge, never made it this far. Right? Like, like, like they're not the Sixers because they never made it this this close. I feel like, yeah. you know, they've made it so far that we know they can do it. It's not like, you know, it's not like they're the Cowboys. I would say the Cowboys are like the Sixers or the Rockets. The, 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 whatever James Harden led team you want to pick <laughs> of, of or this year's Clippers, I guess, of yeah. the NFL, where they weren't even getting close. Like I feel like we wasted seven years of your life talking about James Harden led teams because they weren't even ever close to competing for a conference championship, let alone a, a NBA title. We know the Niners can get there with okay, good quarterbacks, not great quarterbacks. Like we know they have the ability to pull it off, and they're they came within a yard of winning this game. So I, I, I'm not going to draw that as a fatal flaw. I'm, I think they're better than you're giving them credit for, but they might be the new version of the early 90s Bills. But why does their offense oh. like depreciate so, so considerably in the postseason compared to the regular season? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think they play better teams in a row. Like It's like you're playing mm-hmm. good teams. It's not that you don't get the beat up on uh, the – the low level teams, but I think the 49ers right. offense changes in uh or everybody's offense changes a little bit in the postseason because mm-hmm. the game planning is a lot more sophisticated. And I think this was the point I made about the Cowboys is uh, you would uh you're able to isolate the weaknesses on a team a little bit more easily. And when you have a guy at quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, it feels like it doesn't matter. But you watch, he struggled through these playoffs. He was able to make some special plays throughout, but it feels like it's true of everybody. The same with the Ravens. Their offense was not the same in uh, the postseason that it was all season long. The, che- uh, the the Dolphins the same, but I guess they also played in like sub-zero temperatures, so it doesn't matter how the defense works. So. And wind. Yeah. Wind plus yeah. two. Yeah. Wind plus yeah. two yeah. equals bad. Stop we, it. We've seen the Niners offense blast off. We saw that they had that Raheem Mostert four-touchdown game against the Packers. In the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago, we saw them. They put up numbers last week or two weeks. They ago. blew out the Seahawks. The second half of last week, they were incredible. Yeah. You know, to me, I, I think Dominique's right. You're playing tougher competition, so you're not getting those 14, 21 nothing early leads that you typically get on other teams. And um, you know, to me, I think obviously you're disappointed, but you might want to take away from this saying, "Hey, like we we came back. We we were, we were behind against the Packers. We came back and beat them. We were behind against the Lions. We came back and beat them." Like we can get in a situation where we're trailing and win, it's not easy. We'd rather be play from ahead, obviously. But I, like I, I don't think there's some fundamental flaw with this offense any more than there was a fundamental flaw with Andy Reid's offenses right. when he was losing late in the postseason, and people were saying, "Ah, oh, he doesn't run the ball enough, or he's not doesn't not cut third enough." The reality was he didn't have a quarterback, and when he had a quarterback, he won the hell out of the game. I know that. Um... Anyway, I, I won't preface this with some nonsense. I'll just say this loss feels like it could be debilitating psychologically mm-hmm. to a team that keeps getting close and not quite having enough. Um, and I was thinking if I were the coach, would would be the message? Because I thought after after Dan Campbell's loss, like I think he gave the right message to that young team is that young team doesn't need complacency. You don't need a pat on the back. You need to be told, like, this may never happen again, so let's attack this offseason as if we've never been there before. 
And I don't know what the message is for this team, in part because who's sadder than the coach? Like, when they showed Kyle oh Shanahan's face. So I feel like someone needs to give him a, a message of encouragement. I think it's got to be tough to show back up after last season where the quarterback got hurt. And they are like, don't worry. Wait till we get back. He's going to be healthy. We're going to get it done. And then there's plenty of guys on that team, or at least a few guys still on that team, who are on the 19 team. And then after that, they come to this year and they get so close and don't get it done. Like it's a it's a tough way to go into the offseason. It doesn't feel like something, even though this season was a, a pretty positive season, encouraging season, it doesn't feel like it. It just feels like there's a brick wall in front of them that they're not going to be able to get through. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Probably got in the Super Bowl, but Bill, favorite Vegas story. <laughs> uh, what happens if Vegas stays in Vegas, Bill? Mm, what do I want to reveal? What do I want to reveal? Uh... <laughs> a lot of things I'm not allowed to talk about, frankly. Um, I, I would say Dominique getting furious at Charlie and I for getting in and out. Oh after my god! Our yeah, wildly successful live podcast and yeah. having to apologize, to Dominique, for wanting you didn't to. Apologize. Uh, I did. I did apologize. You're furious at us because we didn't eat. We didn't eat when and where you wanted us to. It was not. So no, it was. Man, you Charlie, gotta see. Back me up it on was. This. It was pissed. Okay. I I was definitely annoyed because you guys is poor clock management. Poor clock management. It's Vegas. There is no clock. There's like always the clock. a clock. It was like See? the clock in overtime. It didn't matter. Did it ruin our night, Dominique? Did good. it ruin our night? No, it didn't. It could have, but it didn't. You know why? Because I'm Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going to let you guys ruin our night. I'm Patrick Mahomes of fun. I made sure we yeah. had fun. So guess what? We we are we go to the live show. We have a great time. We leave the live show. We standing outside for 30 minutes, chopping it up. Cool. Then we go to a restaurant. And we sit at the bar and we have drinks and I order food. food didn't look other that people, good. Other people order food. We all eat. And then it's like 20 of us. We all get up and we're headed to the Kelsey party. And you know what? Everyone leaves to go to Kelsey party. And you two are like, I'm hungry. After we left the restaurant. Why didn't you eat where the restaurant? I want to go to get some in and out. And so then we got to stand there because it's not only that we to go to in and out is that there's a strip of 30 restaurants in and out's the only restaurant with a line. Mm -hmm. I want to go to in and out and stand in line. Tell you about the quality of these restaurants relatively. That's the (sighs) one good one to go to. (laughs) All right. So then we got delayed and we ended up getting to the Kelsey. It actually probably worked out in our favor because if we just showed up in that big group, um, 
I wasn't going to be <laughs> Yeah, may not have. Well, Bill decided not to go to the Kelsey party, but uh, we may not have been able to talk uh, Charlie and Sanjay into the club if we'd have came with a big group. Can, can I admit something? <laughs> what up? I had a horrendous tummy ache after the internet. Like, <laughs> oh, I couldn't no. I couldn't admit it. I, I played through it the entire night because I was like, wow. if I let this ruin my night, Dominique <laughs> will never forgive me. Way to fight through. You and Debo Samuel That's right. and George Kittle, you just went, go in the locker room. Go in the locker room. Take care of what you got to take care of. Get you a nice uh, a, a tum shot to the belly. I had some, some, some tummy tore it all in the blue tent and ripped it up at, at, at space with you guys. <laughs> oh, yes. We went to to the space. and out. I, I didn't even notice. You fought through, man. Good job. Dude, we performed. We performed at that party. Under pressure. It was great. I, I, I'll, great I'll be honest with you. Vegas, best place on the planet if you need to use the bathroom. You're <laughs> just constantly surrounded by oh, three-star and up bathrooms at all times. Highly recommend it. Vegas doesn't talk about it. Hugely underrated part of Vegas. This is someone like who lived Bateman. in New York. <laughs> Sounds like oh, someone the opposite. Someone who's lived in New York who appreciates three star bathrooms mm. at every turn. It's uh, have you seen right, the we're, bathroom we're, at Dorcia? You ain't waiting in the line in those Starbucks for this we, bathroom. Trust we me. We almost we're, we gotta devolve into a full vent recap. We gotta save it. I would like to do an independent vent show. I could tell the oh, story yeah. about how embarrass myself in front of Tom Segura. That was uh, great. Oh my god. We'll gosh. get there. Save it. Save it. Wednesday save, episode. Save Here's it. a tease. So many, so many great things. Anyway, thank you. Everybody, sincerely, for coming to the live show and showing us some support. Um, it was really awesome to see you guys there and really great to have a good experience. It's nice to remind everybody that we're good at things, and, and it's because you guys were there. Also, thank you to Podville for helping us out with such a great season. This place is beautiful. Mm -hmm. We love you. We will miss you. And huge, huge thank you to the whole crew. Uh, Charlie captain of the crew megan captain of the crew rest of you goons brian kevin seraphina and of course tez seriously appreciate you all very much i love you like play cousins what's up charlie you about to say something no it's gonna call cortez a coward and i saved the hugest thank you for that man with the middle finger up at me the one and only the handsome intelligent talented Football genius, Bill Barnwell. All right, now we can go. I picked the Chiefs. <laughs> this is the Dominique Foxworth Show.